Fuck the Hung Bucks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hour where there's nothing left to prove. Experimental agro-absurd. It's your perfect world being bird. This is the maniacal hour. Pure 100% underground. Powered by the emotion of self-passion. This is how we get down. Yes, there is a rain all about it. Evidence coming to take control. Okay, not where I planned on starting the show, but Jimmy T is I'm sitting there and I'm watching the intro. If, if you're watching along with us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you may be watching, listening, thank you. Um, Scorpio Sky is in the opening video because, you know, he was most recently the TNT champion. Where the hell is Scorpio Sky? Like we, we saw Ethan Page join up with Soakley Hathaway last night on AEW Dynamite. No mention of Dean Lambert. No mention of Scorpio Sky. What the hell is going on with the peanut butter jelly champion of the world? It's called long-term storytelling, Jugger. Don't you know already? Oh. That's what it is. That's what I, they, I, it, it hadn't even occurred. We haven't seen Scorpio since he dropped the title, have we? I believe not, but like TK likes to tell us week in, week out, long-term storytelling, bro. We'll find out eventually, maybe on Dark, maybe on YouTube, in uh, Being the Elite. Who the fuck knows? All I know is it's long-term storytelling, bro. You, you bring up Being the Elite. We do have, I actually watched Being the Elite this week for the first time uh -huh. in a very, very long time, mostly because I was bored on Monday afternoon <laughs> and it just happened to come up yeah. on my YouTube feed. And I was like, oh yeah, let me check this out. We do have some some crossover finally between Being the Elite storytelling and what's, and, and we're not talking about beautiful, pretty Peter Avalon and being the sexiest man in AEW. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Blow Off presented by the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Jargo, P-H-D, and I'm joined alongside my tag team partner. We like to call him the COVID kid. He's the man from down under. He is the G-A-G -G of the PWC. Now I just call him Double J. He's my man, Jimmy T. Jimmy T, welcome back to your show. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm always happy to be here, as you know. And uh, man, thank God I'm not a two-time COVID kid, but it's been close, bro. But I won't it's get into close. that. I, I, I can't believe close. I haven't caught this thing yet. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, you know? I, like... What's what all the hype's about? Dude, I know. You don't want to know. <laughs> Trust me. The, there's no hype, bro. There's no hype. It's just heat. That's all it is, if you get my drift. <laughs> Man, you, you know, I'm talking about heat. There's, there's not a whole lot to talk about in the world of pro wrestling this week. Yeah, we'll get to SummerSlam, Fallout, and we'll get to the build to All Out and all that good stuff. But I watched the Sami Zayn, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Broken Skull Sessions last night because I was screwing around on Peacock. I didn't feel like watching another episode of Law & Order, so I'm like, let me go see who's on the Broken Skull Sessions. And so I go over there, and Sami Zayn with Stone Cold Steve Austin. This will be interesting. Have you watched that interview yet? Funny you bring it up. I actually just downloaded it a couple of days ago because I haven't re-signed with the WWE Network. Because what for? All the pay-per-views free on my cable provider. Funny oh, enough. interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Just from Money in the Bank, 
until now they're, they're showing them for free. So they must have worked out some sort of deal. So I'm not complaining. So in saying that, I did download it a couple of days ago, but I haven't watched it yet. But I'm actually looking forward to it. Tell me it's worth watching. It's worth watching. Um, okay, good. And th there's a couple of takeaways. Uh, number one, I've always heard that Sami Zayn is an annoying little shit stick. And uh, it turns out completely true. Uh, even watching that interview, it was just like, oh, my God, Sammy, will you just shut up and let Steve talk? Like, he just, really? he gets going and just goes. But he is one of these guys. I'm really surprised Sami Zayn re-signed with the WWE. And I say that because he is very much Brian Danielson. Like, he is all about the art and and the structure and what it takes to put together a great wrestling match. And it's really, you're listening to Raimi talk about the Sami Zayn character. He also touches on uh, his, this guy that he used to know, El Generico. He talks quite, quite a bit about him, uh, what he learned while working underneath of a hood. And like, really, really interesting conversation, but it's very much about like the structure of professional wrestling. And it's like, you're sitting down, you're listening to Steve Williams talk to Raimi about, you know, their characters and how they do this, how they do that. It's really, really interesting. I'm not sure it belongs on Peacock or WWE network yeah. though. Like I, I felt like the insider? best it's too insider, Okay, all right. but it's really interesting for people like us. Absolutely. I'm actually looking forward to it now. As a matter of fact, I might actually watch it the second we're done. I'm Proudest match of his career. I, Johnny I Knoxville, WrestleMania. I knew that. I actually knew that, man. And it doesn't surprise me. You know what's funny? Go back to that match at WrestleMania. There was people shitting on it like, how can you do this to Sammy and blah, blah, blah. But you know what, man? He came out two days later on some interview, which I heard back then, that that was literally his favorite match of his career so far. And then here we are. We got the Mark Tards out there thinking they know what's better for Sammy Zayn. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. And he even says, like, I could never win the WWE championship, but I had 70,000 people in the palm of my hand at arguably the highest profiled match at WrestleMania because of the mainstream crossover appeal. Yeah. I mean, really interesting stuff. And I was one of those guys that shit on that match. And I, I kind of <laughs> look at it from a little different perspective. And it's just, there's a lot of matches I shit on. Like Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, to kind of bring this all the way back to SummerSlam this past weekend, right? I hated that match. It's everything really? I hate about pro wrestling. But Dude. that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good match. Like the, yep. he, they had the people hook, line, and sinker, 45,000 people in a stadium. The spectacle was incredible. Take notes, AEW, if you're going to do an exploding Thank ring, Thank if you're going to do a barbed wire match. Like this was exactly what it said it was going to be. I knew it was, I wasn't going to like it. Last Man Standing is my worst stipulation of all time. I absolutely hate Last Man Standing matches. But the spectacle of this thing in that arena, it was perfect. It was that might be the best Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match because they accomplished exactly what they said they were going to do and exactly what they set out to do. Easily by far the best Brock versus Roman Reigns match. And this is how I described it, dude. I, I don't usually like these type of matches either. But you know what? It was the funnest garbage match I've ever seen in my life, bro. Right. Straight up. And that's how I described it because say what you will about it. It kept me on the edge of my seat and it was, I don't know, man, they pulled off the best garbage match possibly in the history of professional wrestling, dude. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And I mean, 
even as I'm sitting there rolling my eyes over Brock Lesnar driving a tractor to the ring, I'm popping left and right too because it was hilarious, right? And that's exactly what they were going for. Brock knew he was going for that reaction when he walks out, puts on a flannel shirt, puts on his cowboy hat. Yeah. sits down in his tractor like that's exactly what he was going for and anybody that tells me you did not pop i will call you a liar thank you because there's people out there believe it or not that absolutely shit on this thinking it was the shittest thing on earth i'm thinking there's something wrong with you don't even bother watching professional wrestling period ever again because that's bullshit that shit coming out of your mouth are lies in my opinion right but in saying yeah. that dude if people don't know who brock lesnar is that is exactly who Brock Lesnar is in real life. He's just yeah. a farm cowboy dude. And you know what, man? After seeing butterflies on Hangman Adam Page this past Wednesday. <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm sorry, but we've got a new cowboy in town. And he's officially the real cowboy shit in Brock Lesnar. I'm just waiting for the fans to actually start chanting that shit. Because it would go over perfectly. Absolutely. Before we get to Hangman and his butterflies, let's go through the rest of this card. Uh, I, I SummerSlam never seems to disappoint me. Like, I mean, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, those are the two big shows. And it seems like they try to at least get it right on those two big shows. Bianca Belair defeats Becky Lynch, um, which I was fine with. What we've come to find out about what happened to Becky throughout the course of that match almost makes the match better. It still goes 15 minutes and 10 seconds, which outside of the spectacle that was the main event was actually the longest match on the show. Becky turns babyface at the end of the thing. We get the return of Bailey along with Dakota Kai and now EO Sky, which is the name that I hate probably the most of all the names that have ever been changed by the WWE. They didn't even fix it on the screen, dude. She still came out to her NXT Titantron. Well, first of all, I just want to say when I heard that, I didn't notice it initially on the broadcast. It was actually Mr. Lippman that uh, corrected me and Panetta about that i'm like oh really that's how much i didn't notice them calling her eo sky and that's i y o sky just quietly you know and but- that i think is the most insulting part like i was fine with the name until i saw it spelled out monday on raw i y o and i was like wow you think americans are so goddamn stupid that we can't pronounce eo without a y in the name really it's weird bro it's weird but not just that man the fact, you know what came to mind when I hear Sky and Kai and Dakota Kai? What's Think that? For a second. Kai and Ty. Kai and Ty. Hmm. I chop your pee-pee. Choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. <laughs> yeah. That's all came to my head. You got fucking Dakota Kai, EO, Sky, and Bailey. What a terrible name. What a ter- terrible Just call her EO Shirai for the love of God. It's stupid, but you know what, man? As long as she's still, you know, the EO Shirai that we know and love, whatever, man. Whatever blows their hair back, it is what it is. But is this the NWO? That's what I want to know. No. Are you sure? No. Did you watch Raw, yeah. bro? They're, they're yeah. running right on the women's division. I mean, like NWO styles, bro. Yeah, but I mean, it's a completely different context because there you had an invasion. And what? Well, it, in order to be an invasion, you have to come from somewhere else. And I don't consider NXT coming from somewhere else at this point. Not neither do I. But what's everyone's problem with these three girls, man? Why is everyone um, looking at them like they're some big bad 
three big bad chicks. Well, that's I think that's that just connects me. Yeah, I but I I mean, I guess kind of. Yeah, kind of, you know and, I mean? and it's and it's more a testament to how weak I feel the women's division is on Raw without those three. If you're going to be without Becky Lynch, I mean, you have Bianca Belair, you have Alexa Bliss, you have Asuka, but neither one has been framed as a singles competitor at this point to go up against Bianca Belair, and they're all on the babyface side of the roster. Now you put mm-hmm. Becky onto the babyface side of the of the roster. You got to fill out that heel side of the roster. The easiest way to do it is put the three heels together. I mean, I'm I'm I fine guess. with it. No, I'm cool with it too. I just don't understand how they're running right. I was waiting for someone to get on the mic and say, "You don't know who I am, but you know why I'm here." <laughs> you know, full well, squad, all fucking styles. I assure you, that's not going to be EO. She is not going to be <laughs> the one cutting that promo. I mean, you'll know who I am. <laughs> But you Ugh. don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And then, and then they give away Bianca Belair versus Io Shirai on Monday Night Raw and no finish. No just, finish. Just no finish. They didn't even call a finish. Like somebody got disqualified there. Somebody got disqualified. That's, I mean, they, who? 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 Like, who? You know what? <laughs> who? This is like a who. But really, They've been doing that now a lot lately, man, in WWE, dude. Even the match, uh, Lacey Evans and Raquel Gonzalez, I think, last week on, on SmackDown, it just ended. There was no, I don't know who the winner was, who the loser was. So I guess this is the thing, man. I don't know if that's Triple H doing this shit. Well, I was going to say, that, that, that part of the booking has not changed. It's just shit finish after shit finish after shit finish. Um, and, and that's disappointing. Uh, one that was not disappointing, Logan Paul defeats The Miz, 14 minutes, 15 seconds. Logan Paul's incredible, dude. He is awesome, so dude. good. He's great. He it's, really is. He really is. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it seems like people really kind of want to rally behind him, and then he opens his mouth, and you remember that he's a douchebag, and he's like, he's like a better version of Miz. Yeah, he could say that. But you know what, dude? He ain't really that much of a bad guy after all. If you watch his podcast, the recent one with Triple H on it, which is a great show, actually. He's he's a good guy, man. He actually is, you know, I know he's done some fucked up shit, don't get me wrong, right? In which he's done a lot of fucked up shit. But deep down, the guy's a marketing genius, bro. He knows what he's doing when it comes to his own like image and his brothers for that matter. And he can't do any wrong. I mean shit. He's invented, uh, uh, what do you call it, vitamin water, just like 50 Cent did back in the day, right? Similar, I forgot what it was called, but he managed to somehow get it sponsored by Arsenal Soccer Club in England, which is one of the biggest clubs in the world, right? Now, that drink has become the official drink of the Arsenal Football Club, dude. Can you believe that shit? That's insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. He's got a brain on his shoulders, that's for sure, man. He's only 27, bro. What the fuck? It's crazy. Bobby Lashley defeats Theory via submission, makes Theory tap out. I mean, this was like not even five minutes, dude. Not even five minutes. But Lashley's entrance was longer than the match. I love it, bro. But I love his entrance, that boom, boom, boom. While he's sitting there just flexing. I don't know, dude. It just, it's just, it's a great look, especially with the fireworks going off in the background too, man. And he just posing and shit and then dum, 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 dum. Too good, man. The presentation of Lashley is just awesome. 
The Mysterios defeat the Judgment Day, and this was really 11 minutes and five seconds so that Edge could return. That I mean, like, that was the only point to this match. That's why it was no disqualification. I mean... This was probably the 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 match that really pissed me off a bit. First of all, Edge, in a matter of weeks, has gone from the Rated R Superstar to Gangrel to the Brood to the Judgment Day, and now he's back as the Rated R Superstar. I, I still, I, I, I give them a pass on this one because I still feel like this is a direct result of Cody's injury. You think? I mean, it's a possibility. Who Who's your lead babyface on Monday Night Raw? Right now, it's Lashley. Easy. And if that's your lead babyface, we need a new lead babyface. And uh, with, without Cody, with, with Cody being on the shelf. So you put Edge. I mean, you just, you turn him. You know, and immediately edges the the lead babyface on Raw. Do you think he's overrated right now? I've always felt that way about Edge. Me too. I, to I mean, extent, right? I have no, no no disrespect to Adam Copeland. Like I, I I think he's a phenomenal performer. I've just always felt that he was overrated. I was always more of a Christian guy. I'm still more of a Christian guy. I just feel um, I, but I totally agree with you. I I used to think that too, man. Until. He won me over finally with the Rated R Superstar gimmick when he first mm-hmm. started doing Then I thought, okay, I'll see it. I right? love the ultimate opportunist gimmick. Absolutely. That was the best. That's what he was. That's that's him. Yep. Absolutely. He has to be a heel, though, to play that fucking side of edge. But this edge right now. But he's now got the Randy Orton a- thing, right? Like, even if you turn him heel, people just want to cheer him because he's a legacy star. He He's from their childhood. He, he's part of the very end of the attitude era it's the nostalgia you turn him heel you're swimming up water it just it doesn't work yeah to be fair any legend you turn heel now at this point doesn't work right at all you just can't do it anymore you know what i mean because we even see that a little bit with miz at this point he's earned everyone's respect including mine he actually has dude and let's be honest he's eaten a lot of shit over the years bro he used to get treated like shit as well in the locker room, but he fucking stuck to it, man. And how can you hate on someone that just that actually stuck to it and ate all that crap, man? Right. And now we have Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee Another defeats one. Happy Corbin. 10 minutes and 40 seconds. I mean, if, if you're going to give Bobby Lashley in theory four minutes and 45 seconds, I can't believe they gave this almost 11 minutes. I'm not a Pat McAfee person. You're not? I just really, I, I I love him on commentary. Don't get me wrong. I just the in ring thing does not do anything for me. I didn't think the Adam Cole match was very good, and I didn't think the Happy Corbin match was very good either. And I felt bad for Happy Corbin being put in this position. Not just that, he better fucking kiss Happy Corbin's fucking backside because how many times did he nearly botch his own moves, bro? He even right. slipped. Off the top rope, he was like, whoa, and just stayed and then pulled it off. Even when he'd done his flip, he almost stuffed it up, man, where Corbin sort of saved his ass. And what about the top rope spot later on as well? It's kind of like what Sami Zayn was saying, that one of the reasons that he's so proud of that match with Johnny Knoxville is he goes out and he basically has a four-star match at WrestleMania in front of 45,000 people with somebody who's not a wrestler. And you know, and like, off, man, and it was a laugh. The match was fucking funny, man. I used, to, I was thinking I was gonna hate, hate it, but I didn't. 
But I feel like Corbin's in that same position, but Corbin's just not nearly the worker and can't carry a match like Sami Zayn can when you're in there with somebody no, who's... No, I, I understand McAfee is trained and all of that, but if you're going to be a commentator, I don't want to see you in the ring. And everything that he does just feels like such a gymnastics routine to me that can and almost did go terribly wrong. And then you're just putting the performer on the other side of him in this terrible spot. I felt bad for Baron Corbin, and I've never felt bad for Baron Corbin. You know what, dude? Corbin can work a lot better than we give him credit for, bro. I think he's much better than we than we actually give him credit for. I've Did always been high on Corbin. Right. And also, speaking of McAfee, you're, look, you're right. He's a spot wrestler, dude. That's all he he's is. He's a it's spot monkey. Spots. He is a glorified spot monkey. He is, but to his credit, he kind of, the perception is he's not, doesn't look like that he's a spot monkey, right? But he truly is, though, dude. He really is. You're right. But I don't mind him, though. I mean, except this match is probably his worst one of the last three that he's had. Easily. Because he's in there with Baron Corbin. Look, I mean, right. look, look at look at the talent of the performer that he has been in there with previous to this. And now you put him in there with Baron Corbin. And that's right. no disrespect to Baron Corbin, but Baron no, he's Corbin, dope. is he's not a bump machine. He's not a guy who's going to create a ton of movement. You're Instead of McAfee being the, the big guy who's beaten up on little Adam Cole... You've got happy freaking Corbin, who's like six foot seven and 275 pounds, and he just he can't do that shit. He shouldn't well, do that shit. You're right. And he looks sort of pissed off, in my opinion. You shouldn't even call him happy Corbin anymore. I think he's a bit, I don't want to say pissed with the way he's being booked, but it wouldn't surprise me. Also, did you know they were teammates, dude? At Indiana, believe it or not, they were fucking teammates. Corbin played in Indy? He did. Him and um, McAfee. Yeah, I didn't well, know McAfee that either. Well, McAfee, I knew, but, played in Indy. Right, and he's a legend I, there, pretty much, bro. So. I remember Corbin in Arizona. I don't remember him in So Indy. do I. Apparently, he played for Indiana at one stage, too, huh. at the same time as McAfee. Yeah, they showed the picture, too. I don't know where I saw this. He could have been WWE, or he could have been just on the dirt sheets. But they were teammates, and I saw the team photo. He was wearing a Colts shirt, man. Huh. I, you, so, yeah. I, I've always kind of felt like Baron Corbin could be JBL. Like you could build this guy to where he's doing all this stupid shit. And then when you finally find the thing that works for him, he, he could be run. a world champion. Right. right. Like I, I feel I like he's, he's good right. enough. He's got the size. He's good enough on the mic. He's serviceable in the ring. He can play the he big is. bad bully. Who's beating up the underdog baby faces. But we just haven't found that thing. We haven't found the JBL gimmick that made right. Bradshaw into JBL with Baron Corbin yet. I refuse to call him Happy Corbin, by the way. I just think that is the dumbest goddamn thing. Baron Corbin should be a badass who rides around on motorcycles and walks on skulls. That's Baron Corbin. I like. I imagine that dude's house is black. Like, all of the trees oh, wow. in his yard are dead. There's skulls, like, lining the driveway up. Like, he just seems like a badass dude who only eats steak. Like, don't bring me none of that salad bullshit. I want a steak, and I want it blue. I don't want it oh. rare. I want it blue. I want it oh. bloody. I want it still mooing. You know, like, that to me should be Baron oh. Corbin. Damn. Well, you know what, man? Apparently, in real life, he can be a bit of a douchebag. 
I mean, look yes. at him. He looks like a douchebag, bro. He really yes. does. You know what I mean? So, yeah, why not? I mean, I think you're right, though. You're spot on. You hit the nail on the head. They are still working out who and what he is. You know what I mean? Even he's trying to work that out. And you're right. I mean, Once he does figure it out, absolutely has the potential to be world champ. Even if it's it crazy, one, but when, right, when, when you right. look at Bradshaw and the Acolytes no versus JBL, right, no you just you got to find that right gimmick. Even me, man, back then with JBL, I'm like, no, wait, can I take this? I couldn't believe it. It was, yep. it was Bradshaw. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, but looking back on it now, absolutely deserved that run because he absolutely. was the biggest heel in the company at the time by far. And he was a douchebag, a good one at that too. And everyone knows yeah. how much of a douchebag he really is. So, yeah. But a lot of money by people wanting to pay money to see JBL get punched in the face by guys like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Absolutely. And I mean, like on and on and on. I mean, that rain, he had, it was almost 400 days, right? It was. I think it was every year, dude, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. yeah he had almost a long 400 run. days. That's over a year, Jimmy. Come on. Keep well, up. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It's more than just uh, over a year. But yeah. He did have a long run. I think, was that his only run? I don't think he even won a second championship. I don't think he did either. And that's fine because he had a great run. You got to give credit where credit's due, man. I mean, it is yep. what it is. Baron Corbin in NXT, when the people were counting how many seconds it was going to take him to beat the guy. I was into, the, into that. That shit then, was bro. awesome. Minus sure. his hairline. The ball yeah. definitely works because the hairline was... God awful. Let's talk about the Usos and the Street Profits. 13 minutes, 25 seconds. The Usos still the champs. Um, I'm kind of bored. I like I I, I don't even really watch WWE that much, and I'm bored with the Usos as champions. Um, the Street Profits, they're just gonna split them now, right? I mean, like right. it felt like the I heel think. turn is coming for Montez Ford. Clearly, obviously, you think, right? But you know what, man? This is the weird issue that I have with this. I'm cool with that, and I think it's time to split them, but not right now, right? I don't think it's the right time because, first of all, we need more tag teams, not less. You know what I'm saying? So why split a, a perfectly great tag team right now than now than doing it right now? Because, yeah, sure, I'm, I can see the Montez push happening very soon, but right now the split is the wrong time. Right move, but wrong time. Do it backwards. That's turn it. Angelo. Turn Dawkins. Absolutely, swerve us, man. Absolutely, yeah. do it. Turn Dawkins because you know people want to cheer Montez right. Ford. No, but and I think it, it's leading that way though, Jugger. Because think about it, it looks like Montez Ford is just bitching because he's not that he's saying any words because he's not. But it's the body, language. body language. The body language, exactly. It's like this guy's holding me back, pretty much. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can tell Dawkins feels it deep down. So I'm just waiting for him to turn and be like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Angelo Dawkins might be the most improved performer that I have oh, seen wow. since the first time I saw him versus now. He has come so far, so far. He Unfortunately, world, he would win it for WWE this year. For sure. Unfortunately, somebody who has not come as far as Angelo Dawkins for me, Liv Morgan. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this sentence out loud. Liv Morgan defeats Ronda Rousey. Match goes four minutes and 35 seconds. Um, yeah. What a joke, dude. I, at least right. they turned Rousey heel. I mean, I, at least there's that, I guess. Joke, bro. Total joke. joke. I mean, 
why do this, man? I mean, I get it. It's to save everyone's butt in this. But you know what? Rousey made her look like a little girl, bro. Really, Roman Reigns. Point... Oh, Sorry. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say to the point where it legitly looked like Liv Morgan was starting to cry. Legitly. Well, yeah, I just, I don't get the Liv Morgan thing. I've never got it. It, it doesn't make any sense life, to me. Uh, but I, I, I do <laughs> like petulant child Ronda Rousey. I, I think so that could, I. I think that could do well for her because Absolutely. that's very much her. It is her. It, it is her. It really is. No, yep. no doubt. Roman Reigns still the undisputed WWE champion of the universe. Uh, no Austin Theory. Like Austin Theory tried to cash in, didn't work out very well for him. Uh, but he didn't officially cash in, so he still has the briefcase. Uh, but Roman Reigns wow. now over 700 days. Does Drew McIntyre stand a chance? Hell I, no. Kidding are the friends, fans nah. even going to be with Drew McIntyre? Because Drew McIntyre seems really stale to me. Really stale. Not just that, they're in Wales, bro. I don't care if it's the UK, all right? He's Scottish. They're in Wales. I'm just right. saying. They don't go for Scott, all right? I'm just saying. That's how it is over there. And let alone the... And if it was in England... They'll be booing the Scott out of the building, bro. Like, absolutely booing him out of the building. But, you know, it's WB. Same old, same old. You know what I mean? But as far as Roman Reigns goes, no, he's not going to... Look, they might... They need to get a belt off him, bro. They have to get a belt off him at this point, right? Whether it's the WB Championship, the Universal Championship. I don't call it the undisputed fucking bullshit because is it really undisputed? I mean, think about it. They haven't made one title... So really, they're going to separate it eventually, right? I mean, it's just, it seems weird to me. It is weird. Like, it, the whole thing just seems weird. I don't know. Yeah. Or you do this. Drew McIntyre does beat, um, say, Drew, uh, Roman, sorry. And then you get Theory cashing in then, right? That would be yeah. funny in many ways. I can see that happening. But as far as him cashing in on SummerSlam, did anyone think that was going to happen? And I'll tell no. you why. Once the ring was done and dusted, it, it was impossible for it to happen. You need to be in the ring for that right. to happen. And there was, it wasn't going to happen. It, it, the ring was done. So, yeah. I actually thought what they might do was the Seth Rollins thing where they turned it into a triple threat and Theory was the one that got counted out. Well, that's my point. Oh, God, imagine that, bro. I thought that's what they might do the way that it was going there for a little while. Wow. If they did that, dude, oh, my God, that's bad. But, see, that's where I'm confused. What belt was he going for, or is he going for all belts? Like, that's what I mean. Would it be one-on-one, -on -one, triple threat? What, what the hell would it Like, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's confusing. I don't know. That's, that's the problem. So I'm not sure. So right before the, the show, event. right before the show, as I'm looking for the SummerSlam results so we could run through the card, I came across these the, this number. And this is actually really, really interesting to me. SummerSlam, three hours, 39 minutes, 37 seconds. Roman versus Lesnar, 22 minutes, 55 seconds. Wow. Bianca and Becky, 15 minutes and 10 seconds. Logan Paul and The Miz, 14-15. Usos and Street Profits, 13-23. Mysterios versus Judgment Day, 11-09. McAfee versus Corbin, 10 minutes, 39 seconds. And then Lashley Theory, 4-43. And Morgan Rousey, 4-34. That adds up to one hour, 36 minutes, 48 seconds. 
approximately 44.1% of the show. That's crazy. 44.1% of the show. That's all the wrestling there was on the show. When you think with those times that the wrestlers were allocated, that's pretty decent times other than your Lashley Fury and Rousey live match. But everyone else had a pretty decent amount of time to pull off a decent match. Yeah, that's shocking, dude. It's just so bloated. It's all the advertising and the video packages and the grandiose entrances. And They're getting longer now too, bro. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, right. 44.1% of the show. If you go back to the beginning of 2013, these stats are from Cage Side Seats, by the way. If you go back to the beginning of 2013, that's 132 WWE pay-per-views. The average amount of in-ring pro wrestling time, 53.6%. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because it it didn't feel that way. I'm not going to lie. But now that you like say it, I'll think about all the intros and the packages that they show and all the vignettes and stuff like that. They seem to be getting longer. That is noticeable. Yeah. It's really, really interesting to me. And when I complain about the length of the show, because I mean, let's face it, three hours, 39 minutes and 37 seconds, it's just too long, even though it's better than five hours, right? But when I complain about the length of the show, this is what I'm talking about. Over half of the show was bullshit. When I tune into a wrestling show, I want to see the wrestling. When I tune into the football game tonight, go Raiders. When I tune into the football game tonight, I want to see football. When I tune in to watch a baseball game, I want to watch him play baseball. When I tune in to watch a basketball game, I want to watch him play basketball. When I tune into a wrestling show, I want to see wrestling. Not 44.1% wrestling. Could you imagine if the NFL did that? There'd be riots in the streets. I mean, it would be impossible, first of all, for, for the an NFL game or any sports, really, for, for that matter, to actually do that, to be fair, right? But, yeah, that's shocking. I didn't it, I didn't realize, man. I'm not going to lie. But when you point it out, I, it is noticeable that everything else has been extended in many ways, especially their intros. Yep, it's crazy. Uh, it, and then that brings us to Brandon Ross. Uh, Brandon Ross is probably not a name that anybody inside of the pro wrestling bubble knows unless you are a nerd like me and you deal with, you know, looking at these giant company acquisitions and especially inside of the media sector, it happens all the time and deals fall through all the time too. Brandon Ross did an interview with the people over at WrestleNomics. WrestleNomics is probably the best site on the internet to go to when you are looking for pay-per-view buys, when you're looking for ticket sales, when you're looking at breakdowns of contracts. I I really, really like those guys. Uh, They did this interview with Brandon Ross and Brandon Ross says the number one focus of investors since the allegations came out against Vince at the very beginning of this, there's always been this idea that WWE is a pretty small company and there are a ton of larger entities that are looking for content, especially live content. And they'd be a natural acquisition target for a number of these companies. The big question on everyone's mind is does WWE want to sell or not? That's really what it comes down to. The investors are looking at, okay, now that Vince is gone, now is the company for sale? 
And the thing that is so interesting that he brings up, and this is the quote, if you look at the UFC acquisition and how it was handled, they allowed Dana and UFC to run as their own separate entity while leveraging all the infrastructure of Endeavor to help make them better to unlock revenue opportunities. I think a really good example of that is on the sponsorship side, we all know WWE has been really under monetized from the sponsorship perspective for a very long time. If you look at it, where does the profitability of the business come from? It's on those types of right deals that Nick Khan is amazing at. And we all know his history at CAA and the involvements he's had in the past on this. But Ari Emanuel is certainly no slouch. And the idea of teaming those two guys up you basically have a dream team approaching these types of negotiations. This is really, really interesting to me, Jimmy T. Very interesting. And it sounds like if the company is going to be sold, it's probably going to be before these TV rights deals are renegotiated. You could be looking at something in the next year to two years if the company is going to be sold and if the company even wants to sell, that's the big question right now for investors. Well, first of all, that is very interesting. You got me intrigued, that's for sure. But first of all, I want to say, Vince is still the number one shareholder, correct? He is, but I heard that he's selling an awful lot. He is, but he's not selling to the point where he's not number one still. So in saying that, it's up to the old man still, man. If he doesn't want to sell, he won't let that shit pass through, man. So I'm still 50-50 on that. Although I do think Nick Khan and I guess WWE in the long run do want to sell. They are sort of, you know, prancing around in a little mini skirt, showing their butt a little bit, you know what I mean, to see who wants it. And they are. They really are. They're, they're playing the market. Whether they're just kayfabing everybody right now, don't be surprised if they are doing that. But they are open to talk. And Nick Khan said this on the Errol Hawani show. He said it himself. We're open to, we will listen to any buyer that wants to buy us. We will listen to them and see what they have to say. We'll be stupid not to. So I'm sure they'll entertain it. Whether they do do it, I'm not sure. It's very interesting to me. Let's shift, Jimmy. Let's talk a little bit of AEW. Um, of course, Dynamite was last night. And I feel like this is really, really interesting with Hunter taking over the creative side at WWE. It kind of reminds me of this guy, you know, whose girlfriend breaks up with him and he's, but through no fault of hers, like, like she was relocated for her job. Right. And it's just, it wasn't going to work. Things had to go away. And then you see this other chick and this other chick's pretty hot. And so you really start falling in love with this other chick. And then you know what happens? that original chick, she gets moved back for a bigger position. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know. I kind of want to check this other chick out. I kind of want to go back to that first chick. And now Hunter is running WWE and it is leaving Tony Khan and AEW kind of with their pants around their ankles. Like, Oh wait, we're, we're not the sexy thing going on right now. The other sexy chick is back and now she's got more money. Much more money. And more clout, too. And even though Hunter is still giving us the same shit finishes, he's still giving us the same shit creative, 
people are like, I don't know, man, that was the best episode of Monday Night Raw that I've seen in years. And it's like, really? Because it felt like no, the same Monday Night no, Raw to me. Absolutely. I'd never, I'll put it this way, Jago. I did do a review of Raw, but when I first watched it live, I was, after one hour, once the commercials, fucking the, you know, the first hour was commercial free, I was done. I was like, no, nah, I can't. This, I was expecting so much more than what it was. I did end up watching it later on that night again on the replay. Oh, well, on the DVR, to be fair. And uh, you know what? It wasn't bad. It wasn't one of the best roars in a long time. In fact, the only thing that was different about it, there was more direction in terms of storyline this time. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't all just fuckery of finishes, you know? But still, it was the same old shit in many ways. So now AEW, I and I do believe this to be true, they need to step their game up. Because right now, everybody's like, oh, Hunter's back. Oh, well, Hunter is going to turn Raw and SmackDown into the NXT show that I knew and I loved and I treasured so closely to me. And and that's what Hunter's going to do. And so I'm just going to watch that. And what is AEW doing in the meantime? I don't know. They're just fucking around. I'm sorry, dude. Chris Jericho versus Wheeler Yuta is not a main event. It's not going to get people to stay tuned in. Wheeler Yuta is not a main event talent. No disrespect to Wheeler Yuta. No disrespect to Master Watto. I I just, it's not main event. Really, this just shows, this exposes TK and AEW, but more particularly TK, man. He clearly doesn't know what goes over and what's not, what's good for business. And what's if he thinks Wheeler Yuta is a legit draw, you're on drugs. I mean, seriously, right? And I guess TK is on his, you know, you know what shit he likes. But honestly, if he thinks that, there's something wrong with him. First of all, I want to say this too. Moxley is your champion. I like Mox, right? He's great. But let's be honest. He doesn't sell for shit. He can't sell, bro. Doesn't know how to sell. He bleeds every week. I mean, is the, is the inmates running the asylum right now? This is what I'm trying to get at. Jericho is doing his thing. Uh, and you know what's funny? And like you said about that old girlfriend, that old girlfriend, for whatever reason right now, is looking very sexy. I'm not going to lie. Right. And I kind of want that old girlfriend yep. to stick it to the new one so much, even though you think it'd be the other way around, right? You want the underdog. But right now, TK needs to get bent over, like no shit, and get spanked on his body wotty like his mother used to spank him, dude. Because he really needs one right now because he's getting very ignorant, arrogant, and just thinks, I don't know what he thinks, bro, because I can't even get into that mind. I just think he's going, la, 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 la. I'm pretending nothing's going on over there. But right now, WB is really exposing him because his booking is getting even more erratic, dude. Yeah, it really felt that way. And I thought Mox's promo this week was really good. It was. Really good. Like, maybe my favorite Moxley promo ever. Like, I, I thought that was a really, really good strong promo but it's buried like in the middle of the show and all he's doing is putting over wheeler yuda and i'm just like i'm I'm sorry you're not gonna get me to care about wheeler yuda it's it's gonna make me hate wheeler yuda really bad if they keep doing this but i'm kind of getting there (laughs) it's getting there but second of all be honest with me jagger tell me you weren't expecting blood to just appear while he was doing that promo (laughs) <laughs> Come waiting on, for him to whap himself in the face with the belt as he throws it over his shoulder he just starts gushing or or he just yeah that that or just straight blades himself anyway 
in front of everybody right. and said, I don't know who did it. <laughs> the other thing I'm sick of, right. The other thing I am just, I'm sick of is Orange Cassidy. Uh, and and <laughs> this is not even like the gimmick or the performer. I'm just, I'm burned out on Orange Cassidy because I feel like we were progressing Orange Cassidy and then we kind of regressed Orange Cassidy, but they still put him on my TV like every freaking week. And it's the same shtick every freaking week. And the best friends, I don't know if they're baby faces oh or if they're going to turn heel at this point. And I'm just, I'm annoyed by them. I'm annoyed by Orange. Like I need a different direction for Orange Cassidy. If you're going to keep putting him on my TV every week, because over it like it's great that you got jane as the entrance music but absolutely right i'm just i'm over it well i've got the antidote for you jago because you know what direction we could go picture this now right now i don't know why wardlow suddenly cares about orange cassidy but since he does care why not so how about this enough of wardlow's world and let's get wardlow into orange's world how about he comes out with the jean jacket the, the jeans, the glasses, and I can picture, I don't know why, but these two can be called Wardlow's World for you fucking, for all I care, right? Because that, no shit, he's got to stop saying that just quietly. Stop saying that. It's corny. It's cheesy. It's disgusting. But yeah, man, having both come out with their pockets, in, with their hands in their pockets, Wardlow's World, they're Mr. Cool guys. I mean, if you're going to have him care, because you've got what's it called, best friends. Look like a right. bunch of clowns with, uh, what's his name, being on top of Chucky, Chucky T, which was Trent. funny. It's haha, It's funny, Trent, right. It made me laugh, but at the same time, like, this is ridiculous, dude. And then what happened? What, they just walked off again? Right. And I mean, all of this, Nothing. all of this just to set up Jay Lethal versus Wardlow for the TNT title. Right. And, and that's you know what, fine, man? but I didn't need this match to go on for 13 minutes if that's all that you're doing. I will say, though, Jago, the match actually was probably the best match of the night, as dumb as that sounds, bro. Honestly, I'm being straight up honest, man. I wasn't the biggest fan of the match. I felt like it was slow at first. It did kick in towards the end, though, and I didn't mind it. But he's over, bro. The more these fans cheer for him, man, the more orange you're going to get, man. I mean, for once, he sold, too, man. He sold quite well in the match with his leg. I, it looked yeah, like he I don't. the hammy ankle whatever I, I i don't hate orange cassidy as a performer i'm just i right. think the shtick is stale it is it, it was mean, stale for me that. when aew started just from watching him on the independence and, and i've kind of i've kind of i've kind of tolerated orange cassidy but at this point like this far in it's like oh let's just do something else uh, adam well, cole bro. makes his grand return to dynamite and i I enjoyed this because I had watched Being the Elite. I had seen had Adam Cole yeah. watching the exchange between the Young Bucks and Hangman backstage and being just kind of disgusted by what he saw. And so when the Undisputed Elite come out and I'm like, oh, okay, we're, we're just going to pretend like that never happened. All right. And then when they turned on the Bucks, I was like, okay. Okay, I'm down with this. I'm fine with it. There was a big problem, though, with the way they turned. First of all, the Bucks didn't even sell it, bro. Of all course right. they didn't it's sell it. They're the Bucks. At all. At all, bro. There was, it was nothing. They didn't sell it. 
Second of all, that's great. You watched Being the Elite. I didn't, but I already know the story and the history behind it. For anyone and for any of our listeners or viewers that don't know, basically when Adam Cole signed with WWE, right, the Bucks ended up killing him at a PWG event, right? Yes. With they, a monster they, they, energy they, they, drink. They poisoned his monster. With, yes, with a monster energy drink, and he died because he signed with WWE. And then the way he came back to life on being the elite once again, it was Kenny and the Bucks and Doc Gallows, all of Bullet Club pretty much, and Carl Anderson. They're all in the circle saying kumbaya, I kid you not, right? And they were like, Adam Cole, baby, Adam Cole, baby. I swear to God, bro. And then what happened? Poof. Adam Cole, baby, he, he reappeared. And it was like nothing happened. And I'm like, really? <laughs> is this how they get around this shit? So in my opinion, first of all, this is way too, this took way too long, bro. This should have been done ages ago, right? And what made it even worse, you bring out cowboy bullshit, because that's what I'm going to call him from now on. He's cowboy bullshit. He's butterfly Adam Page right now. I told you he's that 70s guy now, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Soon he might be, I'm telling you, soon he's going to become that fat chick thriller. If you give it some time, like Kid Rock, just quietly. <laughs> that was disgusting. I mean, that was kind of disgusting. I that mean, was feral, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, I but still. I don't get it either, bro. <laughs> I was shocked, dude. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> poor, poor, poor dead Adam Cole. Look at him, K Fabe, man. Talk about K Fabe. They don't even. He's dead, bro. Who is He's this imposter? He's dead. He's dead. Poor but Adam Cole. Apparently he remembered. And what's even more stupid is that he didn't remember dying when they conjured him back up, right? <laughs> but I, I guess he does now. Well, he, he definitely turned the Young Bucks baby face again. Uh, so now we have the Hung Bucks have returned as Hangman comes out in his butterfly pants to make the save oh. for the Bucks, held, helps Matt Jackson up to his feet. And clearly the Hung Bucks are going to be inside of this trios tournament. Hashtag no more belts. Um, I'm interested where this leaves things with Kenny, though. Uh, Kenny lost the title to Hangman. The Young Bucks gave Hangman permission to take out Kenny. Kenny kind of cut a babyface promo before he left, putting over Hangman. Hangman, the former tag partner of Kenny. Like, this is really convoluted at this point. But I feel like Kenny versus Adam Cole is... When he returns, that's the feud, right? That's the feud? Right. I think. But then that doesn't make sense either. It does make sense. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't make sense in the terms of the context of this. Like, so if the Bucks and Hangman are going to be the thing, you know, the hung Bucks, right? And then you've got the undisputed elite with Adam Cole and shit. Um, so what does that leave for Kenny? Why would he want to go after Adam Cole if he's got no friends at this point? Well, what what if we do some kind of a thing where the undisputed elite cheat to win the trios titles at all out, put the beat down on Hangman and the Bucks after the match, after they've won the titles, and Kenny comes out to make the save. Okay, but then so Kenny, so I guess we get the elite back, the the OG elite, right? Yes, and we have. And we have Hangman, Butterfly, Page, and the Young Bucks 
as your trio's tag team while Kenny's doing his own thing. But they're yes. still the elite. As okay, a single case, against Adam Cole. Oh, I'm cool with that. If it's like that, that's cool. But if he's a bit pissed off with the Bucks, because that's the thing, dude. Well, I mean, the tension in the air is what kind of makes it, right? That's the intriguing part is how do you tell that story? Well, that's the thing. I mean, how are they going to tell that story, to be honest, and sort of get everything together? But does Don Callis come back with Kenny, though? That also changes things, too. No? No. Interesting, because he Not if you want him to be a babyface, because Don Callis is a heat magnet. That's the problem. And two months ago... um. You know, not the last pay per view, the one before that, or maybe the one before that one. He came out and teased Kenny, if you remember. On the yeah, but that that could easily be taken care of by a V trigger, and we never see Don Callis again. Which is a shame. I don't mind them two together for some reason, dude. I mean, I don't either. But it doesn't work as a babyface. I mean, there's just no way. I don't know, man. It's interesting to see where they will go. If if Cody was still around, it might have made. Like it might have made the job a lot easier, but um, yeah, no, interesting, man. Because I still truly believe, for some reason, that Kenny and the Bucks will still be the trios, hmm. and somehow they get rid of uh, Hangman. I mean, you can go team with a Dark Order. That's all he is, bro. He's a low, lower mid card guy now, bro. I mean, if you wear butterflies, and I don't know if you, I don't know what's the story behind i don't know what the logic is there i you you lost me on that one hangman i mean because brock lesnar is officially your new cowboy shit bro i just can't wait till the fans start chanting cowboy shit just to piss the other guys off i'm surprised i haven't heard it yet bro i'm just waiting for it maybe the bucks bring that back out of hangman hell I mean, seriously. Like, think well, I mean, they brought Adam Cole back to life with a seance. So, oh, sorry, I mean. Right. You're right. You're right. That's true. I there's mean, a lot of different ideas yeah, right. that I could come up with, you know. That's true. I mean, but we need Hankman, Adam Page to get out of this weird, I don't know what the hell he is, bro. They need to stop this shit right now. Enough. You don't just bury the guy that you tried, you invested all this money in, right? And now you're just going to throw him to the side because, you know what, I'm bored with this toy. What was the whole point? Well, that's very much the way I felt about the women's division last night. Uh, The the Dennis haters get the win 13 minutes over Thunderstorm. Um, Okay. What are we doing? I I just tell you more belts. No. Yes. No. (laughs) No. Why are they making tag teams? Not only tag teams, bro, but they even dressing the same pretty much no more they even belts. Got gimmick names more belts hashtag more belts you heard it from here right now hashtag no more belts <laughs> no more belts um although i'd be fine with powerhouse hobbs having a belt powerhouse hobbs killing it right now he he murdered ren jones and then he beat up ricky starks again that was cool I like but it. tell me i like it but why did he turn there was no reason for him to freaking turn bro there was not even seeds of that happening it just happened. It really just happened. Like it just- I feel like that's what makes it work, though. I mean, really? Ricky Starks was getting over as a baby face. We talked about know, it a couple of weeks ago. That, sure. that, and we that, said that, right. You know, it was time to turn Ricky Starks' baby face. 
So they turned Ricky Stark's baby face because you can't have him and Hobbs keep losing inside of the tag division if you're trying to push him as a single and they've got plenty of tag teams. So why not just turn him? And I I, I want to see powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow for the TNT title. That's the match I want to see. Well, when you think about it, it has been teased in the sense that all Ricky Starks was doing was talking about himself. He wasn't saying yeah. we, it was always about him. You know what I mean? And blah, That's blah, true. blah. So, but in saying that, you got to really look at it deeply. I don't know if these casual fans or AEW fan base really see that. You know what I mean? Like we do in that sense, right? So I don't know if they even picked up on it, but whatever. The, the, the problem here is now Taz, Team Taz is nothing, according to Taz. There was nothing to it. I just feel like there's it's lazy booking though, Jago. They could have done a little more, you know, and make it more intriguing. But instead, he just turns. He still hasn't said anything. No. And we're off to the races. And who's going to win this? It has to be Hobbs when they eventually have their match. Depends what the plan is for Ricky Starks. Um, because as as much as I feel like people like Ricky Starks right now, um, and it was definitely time to turn him babyface. Oh, for sure. Where do you put him as a single? He's not, he's not in the world title picture. Hell no. no. He's not in the TNT title picture. So what do you do with him? I mean, I, I feel like you have another baby. And Hook is kind of in this range too, right? Where it's like, you don't want him losing, but he's still towards the bottom of the card. So we just don't put him on TV. Yeah, which is stupid in itself as well, man. But and there's nowhere it. for him to go up right at the moment. And I understand that, but I think, are they scared, dude? Are they paranoid? What, what the hell is it, man? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to do shit like that and not have any sort of goal, like end game. That's the thing. You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. Otherwise, don't bother, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and it doesn't look like they do have an end game. I thought they used to. I really thought that's how they plan things. But it clearly shows that they don't know. They really don't know where they're going next week. And it's becoming a week-to-week booking scenario right now, dude. Well, as we as we look forward to next week, um, Jericho versus Moxley, as I look at the roster, I almost feel like it's time for a heel champion because look at all the baby faces they have lined up. Right? Yeah, right. How many heels do they have to take on Moxley right now? A few. Who? Who who's the, who's the next heel to take on John Moxley for the AEW Championship? Well, it depends and he's not there yet, but Hobbs could be a choice, right? Yeah, but we we need somebody after next week after Moxley beats Jericho. So who who's the next contender? Who are the main heels right now? You got Christian, you got Hobbs, Adam Cole, I guess. Yeah, right. but if but if if Cole's going to be in the trios tournament, it's not going to like right. I'm trying to figure out what's the Moxley match for All Out. All Out's in a month. What's Isn't what's the Punk, match? Punk should be ready by then, from what I'm hearing. I don't know. I haven't but, heard anything about Punk. I've I've heard, heard literally nothing about CM Punk. Well, from what I've heard, apparently August. I mean uh, August October would be his like comeback frame. Apparently. But I'm not sure. Maybe Kenny is a heel. I mean, that, you know. that's what I'm saying. I, I, as I'm looking at the roster, I'm seeing all these baby faces. No, you're I'm right. not seeing a faces. whole lot of heels. Do we put the title on Jericho next week? 
I wouldn't be angry with that, right, to be honest, but but we don't need him as champion, especially La Champion, once again, right? But you know what, dude? <laughs> I can understand that if they do do that, but then what was the point of Mox? Well, they had to do something. After Punk got well, injured, they had to do something. He shouldn't have then won the title, man. And personally, I think Mox has gone backwards since he's been in AEW, especially right now. I really do, Oh, man. see, I, I, I could not disagree with that more. Well, I'll tell you why. I just feel like he's lost. He doesn't know how to sell anymore, bro. He doesn't sell for anyone. He like, never he sold sell. Or I know that's true too, but he was <laughs> better in WWE in that sense than he was right now, than he is right now. And, you know, the GCW shit and all that crap is kind of making him worse as a professional wrestler, in my opinion. I like him, though. I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, you know, calling it how I see it right now, man. All he does is want to bleed. Does he really have the brains of how, you know, how professional wrestling really works? Because he might be overrated for, you know, dude. Because if he, I know he gets it, but does he truly get it? Because from what I see, I'm not sure, dude. I don't necessarily disagree, especially after reading his stream of consciousness book. I mean, great book though, by the way, if anyone it is great, but wow, it's, it's just like a wow. stream of conscious, whatever, whatever he's thinking at the time, that's what he wrote down. And you know what? That's what went through my head. As I was reading the book, I thought of you, bro, from what you <laughs> told me before I read it. And I'm like, shit, it is exactly what you said. It is a mess of a book. But when I say that it's a great mess. Right? Yes, but he he flings a lot of great information, but it's Absolutely. just. Eclectic. I just want to say one more thing about that book. I didn't know he was such a sucker. For, I mean, it's obvious, but he loves his drugs, bro. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, man. But that's kind of funny. You know what I mean? And he doesn't oh, yeah. even mention, and I don't want to spoil the book, but it's not. He also says that he never really got off it, other than the alcohol, yeah. which is yeah. also weird. And he's an uppers guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, which That's coming is from his mouth. Weird. Uh almost weird. as weird as the Ass Boys versus the acclaimed a 7 minute dumpster fire match. Uh did anybody get over here? No. Hell no. The boxes so no, got over. So nobody dumpster. gets over. Nope. And we put that in the co-main Same event man. slot. Right. Like really? Nobody gets Excuse over. Me, daddy. I, Yeah, One step forward, fat. two steps back with those guys for me. Unfortunate because they could have done so much better. But you know what? That just shows you what they think of these teams, right? Total trash, bro. Straight up. And then we have Jericho and Yuta in the main event spot. 13 minutes. And Jimmy T, I'm just saying, if Jericho doesn't come out with the ponytail on top of his head next week with He's the full Christ pose, then it's not Lionheart. And I want to hear right. Pearl Jam. I want me yeah. some Pearl Jam. It's got to be even the flow for Jericho. Jam. The mock-up yes, version, yes. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's the karaoke instrumental <laughs> version of Even Flow by Pearl Jam. Uh, that is Lionheart Chris Jericho. Oh, man. It's a good rip-off, too, man. Just like Raven, you know, we, you know, and uh, what was the Nirvana song for Raven in WCW, bro, that it was ripped off? I forgot um, was it Come As You Are? Yes, Come As You Are. And DDP with the, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit, right? Yep. So I always thought it off. was weird that Raven did the Even Flow DDT, and then they right. gave the Even Flow ripoff music to Jericho. I I, like, yeah. 
I know. I always right? thought it's that was strange. weird. But they were all great. And apparently, funny enough, they, they are ripoffs, but they're not total ripoffs. Apparently, they kind of were originally made for them or some shit. But, like, weird. it wasn't so that, yeah, if you read into it, well, what was that? Quinn watching YouTube. Oh, I thought that was, oh, geez, that scared me. Anyway, but that's how that's how we feel basically about dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I, I just... But you're right. Why? He doesn't the, have the... his hair. So if it's we've seen Painmaker Jericho, we know like sports entertainer Jericho, there's all these different evolutions of Jericho. <laughs> the wizard. But I don't think of Lionheart as a personality. Like what is Lionheart? Just, I mean, seriously. I mean, th- th- there are some things that I do associate with Lionheart, Chris Jericho, okay. none of He's which hot, I would bro, do in a heart. match against John Moxley. <laughs> and none of them have anything to do with one. the heart dungeon. Like I think yeah, of the stupid Jericho. goatee, the top, the top ponytail. Um, Ralphus is dead. So oh, I'm not going to get Ralphus. How um, unfortunate. <laughs> right. Like that, I would have had a huge pop for Ralphus if he would have oh, came man. out. Jericho's right now, it right. would have been awesome right now definitely uh, the, the, the light up jackets right i mean because that predates y2j yeah, does, um right. the, the, the stupid goatee and when's the, that not jericho and, and and the pin right when he would put one foot on top of the guy's chest and say yeah. come on, okay, come baby. on baby. Yeah. like <laughs> Which is where that. Adam Cole stole the baby from, if if you exactly. didn't know. I heard that on a podcast not too That's awful true. long ago. I mean, like, but I think of, like, stupid, eclectic, luchador, Loser. collector, cruiserweight Jericho. With the masks, bro. What he used to get? Yes. Ruby's mask, uh, Ray's mask. <laughs> but even better, when he does lose, because he probably will, he gets a chair. And start smashing the freaking corner posts. Right. Like petulant child Jericho. Yeah. And be like, you know, crying basically. Having an absolute cry and a fit. That's Lionheart Chris Jericho right there, man. And fuck it. Bring out a throwback of the Monday Night Jericho. Remember the Nitro shirts? Yes. With the Monday Night Jericho, right? Which are cool shirts. Bring it for Dynamite, dude. In the Dynamite writing. Wednesday Night Jericho. Bang. But the only thing missing is Ralphus, man. It's such a shame. Yes, before Raw was Jericho, it was Monday Night Jericho and exactly. WCW. Um, I get that, dude. I want to hear him take a couple of shots at Goldberg. Like these are the things I associate <laughs> with Lionheart Chris Jericho, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Him getting lost on his way to the ring, yeah. getting like stuck outside <laughs> the building. Like that's funny. <laughs> but that's not uh, Jericho. Like, oh, you want Lionheart Chris Jericho? Said nobody got- ever. Like, wait, wait, no. wait, wait. It gets even better, though. If he beats Moxley in the shitty way, but he's not your champion, comes out in the white shirt, Jericho won, Moxley zero. Right. <laughs> it's like perfect. That's... It writes itself, dude. It would be fucking funny. I won't lie, man. That would be funny. Because I like those type of throwbacks, man. Because it's a throwback that I don't think that many people will remember, really, when you think about it, in today's oh. sort of climate. Except for us, you know, in our age bracket. That have been into pro wrestling for years now. But come on, man. Tell me that wouldn't be a good nostalgia act. Come on, baby. <laughs> come I on, mean, baby. And he better exactly. get a perm. Ask him. He better oh, get a perm. perm absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I hope he does it. Surely Jericho is creative enough to think like this, right? 
Surely. Surely Jericho is too old to pr- pull off heartthrob Jericho. I mean, like. Well, he thinks he's a heartthrob still, Jago. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah, so does Vince yeah. Neil. You seen him lately? Well, yes. Actually, you have. Hey, where is he? Is he coming up? I mean, where is he? Show everyone. You got to show everyone. I mean, it's Chris Jericho after all, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, where is they do, they, where? they do have an awful lot of similarities. They it's, do. They it's disturbing. Do. It's, it is disturbing, man. I don't know how you... Where'd you find that, dude? God, I don't remember. God, do I even still have that? It's there. It should be there. I've seen it. As a matter of fact, let me see. I'll even check up too, man. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable, dude. Has anyone ever <sighs> pointed this out to him? I might tweet that to him tonight. <laughs> then I'll get blocked. The last time I did that to Kevin Owens, and I was only fucking around, he blocked my ass, bro. Couldn't I believe got blocked it. by our truth for having a seven-second dance party. What? Our yeah. truth usually has been great to me online, man. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He bl- he blocked the hitting the marks podcast. You bet. Wow, good no stuff, way, dude. Dang, Jimmy T, sucks. anything else you want to plug, promote, put over before we get out of here this week? Um, not really. Other than check out the skirmish, which will be out on the download tonight sometime. But it's already there on Facebook and live and all that to watch the replay. But most importantly, please like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com and the blowoff.com. The blogpod.com, sorry, shall I say. And channelattitude.com via Hamin Media Group. At not Jargo for me, at underscore DJ Mass Effects for Double J, Jimmy T. We will talk to you next week for a new edition of The Blow Off this weekend for Rampage Uncaged. But for now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Bye.